Hi everyone and welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White. I'm coming to you from the beautiful town of Weymouth in Dorset by the sparkling blue sea. It never rains, it's always sunny. This podcast began during lockdown. We galloped through or sauntered through many, many books of the Bible now. I'm a disciple of Jesus and my job is to encourage you and encourage other people to walk with him. Good morning, dear friends and saunterers. Welcome to another saunter. While Storm Kieran is out there blowing a hoolie, we're inside looking at God's word and he's going to speak to us this morning, which is really exciting. So, Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you that you want to speak to us today. You don't just want to speak to us, you want to be with us, you want to live this day with us. And so we welcome you. We thank you, Lord, for your amazing love. Amen. Righty-ho. So we are halfway through chapter four of 1 Peter and we're going to dive in and he's talking about trials and difficulties and wow, (laughs) listen to his opening shot. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Right. Let's pause for a moment. So he's writing to people. Good morning, Pete. He's writing to people who are in the middle of great intense persecution. Now, for most Christians living in England, let's say, intense persecution is not our normal. It's not, generally speaking, something that's happening. Although we may be able to say, well, I didn't get this job because, or I lost my job because. And those are difficult things when we know that it's a intentional thing to kind of do us down because we follow Jesus and we may be explicit about that and people know us for our faith and they think no you're not the right person for this job so we're going to cut you out of this um that that's difficult but this I think we can safely say that what was happening in Peter's day was on another level to that and we're not generally speaking someone's going to probably shoot me down for this, but I think generally speaking in England, we're not facing a concerted institutionalised persecution for our faith in Jesus. Good morning, Paul and George. So, um, but he says, but he's writing to these guys and he's saying, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. Now, the word for fiery trial is... Um, gosh, hold on. It's the same word we is py- pyrosis. We use that word apparently medically for heartburn. It's when they, we've got that burning. Oh, it's horrible inside. If you've ever had had heartburn or acid, it really burns, and it's that horrible heartburn thing we call 
pyrosis. Well, the word is the same. It's a fiery trial that they're going through in, in the sense that it's written, it's to purify metal and to purify gold and that kind of thing. And it sticks with Peter's theme, doesn't it? That the thing that is precious in us, which God considers precious, which we saw in chapter one, which is our faith. He says it's more precious than gold. That's what God is refining and purifying in us. And when these fiery trials come upon us, they test us. And the word there for testing is the same word we have in the Lord's Prayer where he says, lead us not into temptation, it's pirasmos. And so he's saying, right, this time of fiery trial is a test. It's to prove something, it's to refine something. But when we're tempted, we've got two options. And I think when we're going through, let me just say, if you're going through a time of intense um, pain or sorrow in your family because of a family member or something that's going on there or you've just lost a loved one or you're in a period of intense sickness and pain and your body's racked with pain and you can't get out of it and your health is deteriorating even though that is on that is a different thing perhaps to what Peter is has got in mind here I think the same is true because it still tests us and if we look at the story of Job we see that Satan actually intentionally went to God to um, get permission to test Job and Job himself says when he has tested me I will come forth as gold so Job had a sense that he was being somehow tested and refined by the difficulties that came upon him although they weren't persecutions for his faith per se. And so if we're going through a fiery trial, which is circumstantial and it's maybe it's to do with health or something like this, whilst I absolutely believe in divine healing, I do believe in divine health, I believe that God wants us to be well and healthy and strong and able to do what he's called us to do, it does seem as well that there are times when people are allowed, where it seems that people are allowed to suffer and go through pain and sorrow. And it's very, very difficult as a pastor to just watch that. I'm always praying that they'll get healed. I'm always asking God to intervene and change the circumstances. And I know perfectly well he can because I've seen him do it many, many times. But there are also times when it doesn't happen and times in my own life where I've been through the most intense pain and sorrow and difficulty. And um, and, it, and it, what but what it does when we're in the middle of that stuff, we are being tested and we're being tempted as well, probably many times in a day to perhaps give up on God or um accuse God of being unkind or begin to change our view of God and to no longer consider him to be loving or maybe no longer present or no longer interested in our prayers and so we start to the temptation then is to give up on our faith or water it down or settle for a second-rate God that is not biblical and is not the, the God that Jesus introduces us to and reveals in his life and his teaching and so on and so whatever source that pressure and that 
kind of oh, pain that's coming into our lives comes from, whether it is direct persecution or some other misfortune, shall we say, there is still a testing that happens in the middle of all of that. And so I think in our Western, more more kind of tolerant society where at the moment, although we can see signs and I know there are signs where it's becoming less tolerant of the Christian faith and people being explicit about it, um, it we, we do still suffer. We don't get through life without suffering. And I think in that process, there is a testing and a proving and God is clearly cheering us on and is is rooting for us. And like he did with Job, he's believing that Job's going to make it. He's belie- When Peter goes through that, that kind of process where he's under great pressure and he denies Jesus, Jesus says to him, Satan's desire to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed that your faith won't fail. Well, did Peter's faith fail in the moment, in the heat of the moment, in the in the pyrosis of that moment, of that fiery trial, of pressure and temptation. Did his faith fail? I'm not sure. He still came out of it. The other side of Jesus's death and resurrection, he still came out of it with a faith. He still knew Jesus and Jesus brought him through it beautifully, didn't he? So even when we feel like maybe our faith is flagging and our faith is failing, let's take hope from the guy who wrote this stuff. And I love it that he says, beloved, don't be surprised. It's like this is normal. This is going to happen. If you name the name of Jesus, you will go through fiery trials, probably at some point of your life in some shape or form, which will test you and tempt you sometimes to be um, to change your view of God and to dial, dial down on his goodness and to maybe silence your testimony to people so you don't bother sharing your faith anymore because you think, what have I got to say? Right, here's just one more example. Good morning, Callum. There was a lady in the Bible called Naomi. She lost her sons and she became bitter in her heart. And yet one of her daughter-in-laws saw faith in her, even at her lowest point and said, I want to be with you. I want to go with you. I want your God to be my God. And where you go, I will go. And where you die, I will die. And there I'll be buried. So she says, listen, I can see it. Even if you can't see it, I can see the faith that's living in you. And when we're at that most extruded, painful point of our lives where we feel like we've been push through this tiny little narrow squeezing um, thing and it's extruded us out the other side and we think there's nothing of me left. Actually, do you know what? People can still see the faith that's in us and God can still see it. And and if if he's cleared away the chaff, the, thing, the, the uh, dross, the thing that is left is pure gold and that's what he's after. So this is this is amazing. So Peter then says, don't think it's a strange thing. This is not strange. This is actually par for the course. This is normal stuff. Verse 13, but rejoice. And the NASB says, keep on rejoicing. I love that. It's like, don't just do it once. Don't say, oh, I rejoiced last week when I was going through a difficult time. But now I'm so fed up and miserable. I'm just going to go down the toilet. Let's keep on rejoicing 
Why? Let me just go through it. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's suffering, sufferings so that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. <clears throat> Hebrews 12 verse 2 tells us that for the joy that was set before him, that is Jesus, he endured the cross, despising its shame. And now he sat down at the right hand of God the Father. And so Jesus could see the joy that was ahead of him, which was you and I coming to faith in him and being gathered in as his sons and daughters into his glorious family. That was the joy that was before Jesus as he faced the cross, as he went through the most painful, difficult time of his human life on the earth. He he was sustained and motivated and kind of helped to propel him through this time of intense suffering and sorrow and pain where even though God's resources and power could have delivered him at any second and whipped him out of it God didn't and he knew he wouldn't because he knew he had to go through it is as it were he had to drink the cup all the way he couldn't just have a little tiny sip of it he had to drink it all the way but it was for the joy that was set before him and the only way we're going to rejoice in these times of suffering is if we can see from God's perspective where it's all going and and so then he says rejoice in so far as you share in Christ's sufferings so as we're going through trials that really test us and really tempt us even to um, veer away from our faith and to lose that thing which is most precious in God's sight let's rejoice because actually that process is also the suffering of Christ somehow and his body my body is his body he I'm part of his body now which is amazing. But then that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And so when is his glory revealed? I think it's revealed multiple times. I think his glory is revealed um, ultimately on the day of his return, when every eye sees him, every knee will bow and tongue confess that he's the king, the Lord of all glory and everything else like that. And everything will be put under his feet and it will be just that incredible fulfillment of everything we've ever hoped for. But there are days when his glory comes and his glory is revealed in our time and space kind of moment in the time we're at and we see him break through and even in a time of great pressure and trial there's a time often we see at the end or maybe multiple kind of times throughout our lives we'll see those times when God's glory really breaks through and then we rejoice we rejoice that we didn't quit and we rejoice that we somehow God held us in there and so when Peter is turning up for breakfast courtesy of Jesus and Jesus is saying Peter do you love me the glory of Jesus is revealed in that moment isn't it and Peter is like oh Jesus I love you you know that I love you Jesus I love you and and he's able to rejoice that he's still there and he didn't do something like Judas and tie a noose around his neck and you know uh, 
because he was so because he'd lost his way so much he did lose his way it is true but Jesus had prayed that his faith wouldn't fail so I don't believe I don't believe Peter's faith failed and Jesus is praying for you and me that our faith won't fail in the middle of all of these painful trials and if you are personally facing persecution in your country where you live because or just even you live in a part of Britain where they're persecuting Christians or where you've been ostracized because of your faith take heart from Peter Peter was not writing this from the perspective of some lightweight fluffy British Christian somewhere sat in a lovely armchair in front of his big TV he's he's writing this having been literally within inches of his life on numerous occasions and being beaten and imprisoned and everything else and he ultimately was going to be as I said yesterday he was going to be crucified upside down for the name of Jesus but he says if you are insulted verse 14 for the name of Christ you are blessed that's a difficult one if you are insulted for the name of Jesus for the name of Christ you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you isn't that amazing this is the Christing the anointing of the Holy Spirit he pours out on us he fills us with and it's it's the spirit it's the spirit of glory and of God that's resting on us that's incredible so he says you're you're blessed you've got something other people don't have when other people go through difficulties they don't have this they don't have the anointing of the spirit they can't dig deep and find Jesus in the middle of it all because they don't have him so Peter's saying, listen, whatever's going on, you, you, you're, when you're suffering for the name of Jesus, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. So he's saying suffering for doing wrong shouldn't be doing wrong in the first place. So don't that let that not be. <laughs> don't come to me and say, oh, I'm in prison because I killed my next door neighbor. That's not the point. He's saying, no, this is for people who are suffering because of their faith in Jesus. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. So for it is time for, listen to this, for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. If it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Verse 18, and if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the godly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Now, we've already had that last verse. Peter said something very similar, that Jesus entrusted his soul to him who judges justly. And that was how he was able to bear up under the persecution and um, hostility that he had to face and so he's saying this is this is how we do it guys we entrust our souls to a faithful creator to our God we entrust our souls to him on a daily basis I just want to back up and have a little quick look at this idea of judgment beginning in the household of God because there are so many situations and I heard of another one yesterday where we see high profile ministers of God being brought down by accusation and 
many of these are corroborated and uh, by pe- people who say yes this happened i i suffered at the hands of this person in this way and someone else and someone else says it as well and you know you realize actually it does seem that there's something here that needs to be examined but god is judging his people all the time but it is t- so when peter says it's time that's 2000 years ago he says it's time for judgment to begin in the household of god and if it begins with us what will be the outcome so really the judgment that comes on god's people for wrongdoing this is this is a scary thing and and like nowadays it literally becomes wildfire doesn't it on social media and everything and everyone's commenting on it and it's brutal and painful and it really is a fiery trial and for those who those who are innocent it's what a what a awful 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 fiery trial to go through um to lose all your reputation to lose all your opportunities for ministry to for doors to just close in your face but for those who, where there is a case to answer and where people there has been wrongdoing then it's it's this is such an important process that actually god is able to judge his church and purify it from this mixture where people are serving human agendas or following their own greed or their own lust or their own ego or something um in the name of being a minister of the gospel and it kind of chills me because i think man this is this is terrifying um and to see what's happening and it it it's like so many big reputable christian ministries have been brought down into disrepute and they've they seem to have had a a period of immense favor on on them and then suddenly it's like all over and the fallout just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on so many people are wounded by it but god god will not tolerate sin and he will not tolerate hypocrisy and he does reserve the right to judge his church and i'm i i could comment on israel as well because i i do believe that there is a process where god is shaking even the nation of israel and and looking for that which is pure gold he's looking for the faith in jesus to emerge that is a precious and is valuable is something that he prizes and however much he loves us however much he loves israel he won't tolerate that mixture and that hypocrisy that he sees in our hearts sometimes and when it's when it's in a public facing ministry it is essential that 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 he's able to bring that purification and to even strip it down to the bare bones if that's necessary because what he's after is pure gold he's after integrity he's after something that is eternal and is it is is um from him that pure faith that is of is greater worth than gold comes from him in the first place and that's what he's after and that's what he's jealously guarding and jealously extracting from us in these times of great testing so may god bless you all farah sarah lovely to see you rosemary adrian
Have an amazing day. God bless you and smile on you. And may you find that grace that enables you to rejoice when you're in the middle of suffering and pain and sorrow and intense pressure. God bless you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I hope for. Please do share it, like it, pass it on, get it out there. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day.